Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Tyler McCall, Gossip Girl Historian, and we are re-watching Carnal Knowledge. Welcome back, listeners, to your one and only source into all things Gossip Girl. You know you'll love it. XOXO. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to XOXO. I'm your host, Jessica Zor. Today, we're getting into another Gossip Girl rewatch, season two, episode 17. Okay, (laughs) this is a crazy one. Perfect student Blair Waldorf gets expelled and has a plan to take down her teacher, the infamous Rachel Carr. I also totally forgot about something insane and probably illegal that happens with Dan and Miss Carr, and I couldn't believe it while I was watching. So we definitely have a lot to unpack if You can't read between the lines there? Well, just watch the episode. (laughs) Back to offer her expertise and emotional support is Gossip Girl historian Tyler McCall. Tyler always has great things to add and honestly may know the show better than anyone. She's a great fit for this episode and going to fill in any gaps from fashion to relationships to the wacky storylines. All right, let's jump right in. Tyler McCall, everyone. Hello. Hi, how are you? 
I'm doing so well. I, when that countdown goes down, it's like, even if I know and where it's happening and we have a time, I'm still like, oh my God, I've got five seconds, you know? I know. It's like, oh, I'm not ready yet. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm like, did I watch the episode? No, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> like every... I have the same thing where I'm like, shit, did I watch the right episode? <laughs> so how have you been? I've been really good. Thank you. How are you? Um, I'm doing well. I'm loving having you back. The fans are loving having you as much as I am just because you just know the show so well and your input's so great and you just have a real ease. I like feel like I get super excited and I'm like, but I also think that's because I've never watched this show. (laughs) Yeah. So you're getting to really get into it for the first time. Yeah. Which is really exciting. Uh-huh. So everyone, we have Tyler McCall here back to do the rewatch of season two, episode 17, Carnal Knowledge, which is based on the 1971 film starring Jack Nicholson and Candace Bergen. Bergen? Bergen. Yeah. Bergen. Okay. Amazing. I have not seen that film, so I should I probably either. check that out. So also, okay, this episode, <laughs> this episode really stuck out to me in a way. I, yeah, this was a really wild episode for me. I mean, it's a really it's a really wild episode. <laughs> I mean, for sure. it, it is. Um <laughs> like also, even when the episode begins, like <laughs> Blair just wearing the red jacket while she's doing like <laughs> is it community, community service? service? Like I'm like you look fierce, girl. Fierce. And I have a question for you. It's a fan question that came in. If you were doing community service, what would you wear? And wow. what would Vanessa wear? And what do you think Serena would wear? So, I mean, realistically, I would end up wearing just my normal, like, girlfriend collective sweatpants active wear because I'm just too practical. I wish I could say that I would do something really fun, um, but I wouldn't. Uh, but I well, like that. Like, for something like that, I think practical and kind of hitting it on the nose of what it is, I think works in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I f- it feels more appropriate. It feels right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. What would Vanessa wear? I feel like <laughs> Vanessa, okay. So Vanessa had like a really cool sneaker collection, I feel she like. She did. She sure yeah. did. Yeah. So I feel like uh like a cool jean with like one of her really cool pairs of sneakers and like a really interesting jacket. Like I feel like it would be practical but still fun. Right. I agree. Serena would be like full Naomi Campbell wearing Dolce and Gabbana to do community so you know what I mean <laughs> it would be like legs out hair tease like it would be a full-on moment for sure it's a moment but do you also feel like it's like fitting for it but like extra exactly. like it's definitely like you can move and do community service in it but it's extra because it's Serena exactly yeah it costs but it, like but five thousand dollars but yeah <laughs> But it works. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like that. But also, speaking of fashion, you have recently left Fashionista and now you're a freelance writer. Yeah. That is I right. said that as a question when I knew <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. How are you feeling good about that? I feel like change is always a little bit like scary, but in a good way because yeah, sometimes we're like, it's definitely a little scary. I mean, I was at Fashionista for 10 years, a little bit over 10 years total. And I, I love the team. I love the site. It just felt like it was time to try something new. So I'll still be writing about fashion 
Um, I'm not going super far. I, I just wanted to do more writing and hopefully branching out a little bit more into like celebrity and pop culture writing. Um, I have a couple personal projects I wanted to start working on, um, but I'm really excited. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. I think you did such a great, wonderful job there. Um, but I do know like, yeah, shifting into something or adding something new or taking what you're doing and putting it out there somewhere else is always exciting and fun. But like change again, like I said before, even if it's a great thing is always a little bit um, scary. But I think that's a good thing. So I think that's awesome, girl. Thanks. Yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> yeah. You'll be I'm not worried about you. Not one bit. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's dive in. Here's where we left off. Blair found out that she was waitlisted at Yale while Serena was accepted. Blair decided to get revenge on the new teacher who gave her a B, and Chuck teamed up with Lily to save Bass Industries from Uncle Jack. Miss Carr exposed Blair's plotting and got her expelled from Constance. Ooh, Miss Carr, okay. You're... <laughs> when, anyone, when anyone wants to, like, line up with Blair, I'm like, ooh, careful, girl. Um, and then here's the episode we're going into. In retaliation for not playing by the unspoken rules of Constance Billard, Blair hatches a plan to bring down her teacher, Rachel. After Chuck wakes up in a hotel and only has a minor recollection of what happened the previous evening, Nate and Vanessa try to help him fill in the missing pieces. Meanwhile, there's a lot going on with Dan and Rachel, and that's where we are for this episode. So... This episode is so wild, and we know that Blair is given detention last time from for hazing Miss Carr. So the episode starts with her, like we were just talking about, picking up trash in the park. So Well, her I having Dorota pick up trash in right, the park. That, that's where we're getting to. But also, it's, it's it's Central Park, and she's in like a beautiful red, like, is it was it a peacoat? Like, yeah. I, I mean, she looks fierce. She looks amazing. The color is just like popping and beautiful and wonderful. And then, yes, we cut to... She literally has Dorota doing it and is just talking on the phone to Serena. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about not learning a lesson. Uh, talk about like she does not give two shits. Not, e <laughs> not even remotely. No. Oh, my I gosh. I always wondered like Dorota puts up with so much. I mean, and I love Dorota, but she puts up with so much from Blair. Like, can you imagine? It's not your job to pick up trash because your charge has detention or whatever, you know? Not at all. And she like does it. And, and the cutest thing about Dorota, she, she loves Blair so much and has such a big heart for her. So she, she does these things with and for her from a good, great place. And I also think deep down Blair really loves and, and respects Dorota as well, but she just knows that she kind of can be bossy. Yeah. Because yeah. Dorota allows it. Not that she can. That's actually not, it, it's not right. But exactly. because Dorota kind of like goes with it, she, Blair gets away with it. Exactly. Yeah. And then her, you know, when her dad comes, which by the way, I didn't realize this is the last time we see him until season five. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, but I yeah. miss Harold. I love Harold. Totally. He's just so cute. And that dog, handsome. Ugh. I mean. <laughs> I mean, and we never see handsome again. I, I want to know what he's to doing right now. I know. I want a handsome <laughs> spinoff. Do you have a dog, by the way? Uh, no, we just have a cat. Oh, that's She right. acts like a dog, but. Um, how long have you had the cat? 
We've had her, so Sam, my husband, adopted her before we started dating. So uh, nine, I think nine years now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which okay. apparently is elderly for cats. Is it? I didn't realize. Yeah, that's what her vet said, That's which is crazy to me because she's going to live another 20 years. Oh, my God. Aw. If you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I just, this dog pops up on the screen and I get, like, super excited. And then you kind of forget about the dog because you it's just so, like, sporadic. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're right. I don't think we see handsome for, for ever, again. ever again. Yeah, <laughs> he just disappears to France with Harold, and never to be seen or heard from again. I mean, he just goes to, like handsome goes to France with Harold. I love that. That's like a spinoff show in itself. I know it would be so cute, like a little animated series or something, right? Oh my god. Anyways, okay. So now Blair's having to do this so that she can get back on track with school and with. Getting back into Yale. I mean, I'm talking about doing the community service because she keeps just kind of, I don't want to say barking up the wrong tree, but sometimes it's like what you're saying. Like she's not learning her lesson. <laughs> no, she can't get out of her own way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is true. She should just leave it alone because she has what she wants, but she won't. <laughs> no, she will not. We know that. How about first when she goes up to the girls, she's like, I made friends with the family of squirrels. Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, girl, I was, because yeah. I'm all, <laughs> so picturing Blair, like sitting in Central Park, like talking to a squirrel. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like, we know that she likes to go and feed the ducks. It's just, right. such a, I, it's such a funny situation to put her in. It's totally. The, the 5 a.m. detention or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's too much. Okay. So we then go to Dan and Miss Carr are hanging out and Dan has been showing Miss Carr his stories at the coffee shop before school. And she's like very into them. Um, They bond over being outsiders compared to the students at Constance who are very rich and self-absorbed. And then in walks Serena and is like, oh, you two, you guys are hanging out. Miss Carr says Dan is an excellent writer. When Serena walks in here, I mean, she doesn't expect to see them, but also that's, it's an awkward thing because it's their teacher. It's this so weird o- to me. It's odd. It's odd. It's, it's strange. so inappropriate. <laughs> it's inappropriate. Like, it is. I mean, the conversation, if that was like outside of the school where people that you are all around and work with and it's your other students and friends are around. You know what I mean? It just doesn't feel as inappropriate, but because you guys are like by yourselves outside of school, off the school grounds, it seems weird. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not like they're yeah, having this horrible conversation about like what she looks in her under, like looks like in her underwear. But this yeah. is, it's just them meeting outside of school. That's 100% is inappropriate. It's, and it's, also it's just, there's so much weird about, about Miss Carr, it's weird to me that Dan and Serena both call her Rachel. They both ca- call her by her first name, which, like, maybe rich kids do that. <laughs> I never would have done that <laughs> in a million years. I'm trying to imagine calling, like, my high school senior English teacher by her first name. And I, like, I literally you I don't know. even remember what it is because I only know her last name, you know? You're 100% right. It's absolutely really odd because I'll tell you what, I run into teachers now in my mid-30s. And I still call them by their, by oh, their absolutely. last name. I'm like, Mr. Hennis, how are you? You yeah, know what I mean? I know exactly. what his first name is. My mom calls us by his first name. He had me in eighth grade. I mean, this was like, you know, so many years ago, and I would still call him Mr. Hennis. 
or Mr. Yeah. Depew. You know what I mean? And like, now I bet, I mean, some of my teachers now are, are fully retired. Like, you know what I mean? It's not you like they're still teaching even. And I would still be like, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, I miss Almgren. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So this whole situation is, is, I don't know. I, and I feel like, I don't think Dan was trying to go there. I think it's more on Miss Carr, to be honest. Oh, a hundred, absolutely. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. All right. She should, know, she should definitely know better. <laughs> Like, she's the adult in the situation. First, she should know 100. better. 100. And it's also, like, she's bonding with Dan, complaining about her students, which is also really unprofessional. Even if her students are horrible, which, by and large, they seem to be. They're, like, bonding over complaining about these people, which is also just so, everything about it is just so weird. <laughs> 100%. Um, so that's going on. And then we move on to Chuck wakes up. We can't tell right away. And then we soon learn that it's a hotel room and he's having these flashbacks from a party. Um, and it seems, you know, kind of like smoky and dark and there was things happening. And then he notices a, a tattoo on his wrist while he's in this hotel room of symbols from from the party. And he calls Nate and he basically has he, he wants Nate to come and meet him because he can't figure out like he can't put the puzzle together of where he was the night before. And it was an ultimate private gentleman's club. And Nate and Vanessa show up and they're at this house. What were you thinking at this point? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like. This storyline, this whole storyline is so out of, I kind of forgot about it. Because mm -hmm. it's so out of left field. Well, because I wanted to ask you too. Like, I know you haven't, I know you haven't watched it. But, like, when you're filming this, do you know, do you remember anything about what that storyline was? Or are you just kind of... Well, you know, it's funny. While watching this, ep like, yeah, watching this episode, I'm like, this kind of feels like a Eyes Wide Shut situation. Yes. I don't know if you remember that movie with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. This kind of feels like that, like, with the mask and you, it's all secretive. And then he makes a... Chuck says something along those lines, like, later on in the episode. So I'm like, okay, that is what they were trying to do. Um, so I, certain things like click with me. Like I remember, you know, playing the piano with Chase or Nate and Vanessa in that house. And by the way, that house was listed for like $38,650,000. Like that was an insane house that we oh, were filming Oh, is that in. all? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the so number. Affordable. I'm like, this is insane. Like That's you have wild. to be like a billionaire to even have a house like that. We're not even just talking millions. We're talking like, billions you know what I'm saying? With That's a insane. B. Yeah. With a B. Um, and then they see this family photo on the piano and Chuck says the woman holding the baby was there last night. Right. And I'm like, wait, what? So things are kind of coming back to him. But for me, it was really seemed shady to me, to be honest. Yeah. It's so, it's so weird. And it's such a, like, he's trying to track down this woman who he can't really remember anything about, but is obsessed with. And it's like, how did you even know? He's like, I'm pretty sure I had the best night of my life, but he can't remember it. Which, like, I mean, for Chuck, kind of makes sense, right? Right. <laughs> Chuck is very often having those kinds of nights. But it's coming off of all this drama with Uncle Jack and, like, his dad dying. And so I feel like they're trying to kind of help transition Chuck out of grieving. They're, like, grieving for his dad and all of that drama. And they're using the storyline to kind of get him back on track. It's just so interesting. I had forgotten all about it. Yeah. So anyways, that's all going on there. And then 
we get back to school and Blair's there and she's talking with the minions and all of a sudden there's a no phone policy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. She's trying to get the minions to help her take down Miss Carr and they don't want to because they've seen that people are starting to get punished. But then it turns out Miss Carr has helped initiate a no phone policy and that's, that's a no go for any of them. Yeah. There's like, how does Hazel says something like, <laughs> This is my worst nightmare. Like they basically are acting like the oxygen is being taken from them. Like they can't breathe. (laughs) She's just sitting in the corner of the bathroom kind of texting into thin air. And she's like, is a scandal still a scandal if you can't text about it or something like that? And it's like they're not well because they can't get their gossip girl fix. No. And here's okay. So Miss Carr doing this, whether she was behind it or there's like a part of me that feels like that's not completely wrong either. You know what I mean? I don't think the phones need to be taken, but there definitely needs to be like rules, like no texting or being on during class. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I remember when I was in school, which was like a million years ago, relatively speaking, you couldn't have phones in class. No. I I don't know how you control it now when it's like their whole life is on their phone. Yeah. I just think there has to be boundaries or like a balance. Like I understand like kids nowadays and in high school need, you know, that that is everything that's their how they look up things. That's how they get their music. That's how they watch TV. I mean, it's there's so many things. And I and I understand that. I'm just meaning like, if you're going to be at school for eight hours a day and there's no boundaries with your phone, like you're not, you can't be in two places at once. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know that when you sit yeah. at dinner with a friend and they check a text, they're checked oh God, out for yeah. a second. That's why I think yeah. a lot of times too at dinners and stuff, I think it's rude to have phones, but that's just me. Like, if you're going to spend time to try to catch up with someone, like, be, be Oh, there. yeah. You put the phone away. Yeah. yeah absolutely. hmm I mean, take it out to get a photo for sure, but then let's, like, throw right. it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, have you ever done that where you put the phone in the middle of the table you can't, and the first person to reach for theirs has to get the bill? I haven't. I've heard about that. Have you done okay. that? I, we've done it many times. It's fun, and it makes it kind of funny, but it's also great because – you may not have to pay for dinner a few times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you may. I'm like, well, that's my, that's, you know, that's Brad. I got to get it. So, or you put it in in the first person's phone to go off, which is like. Oh, that's, that's trickier. You th- can't control that. Exactly. So I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but there's fun little things to do so people aren't on their phones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so Blair is like, I'm taking down this car. Like, this is what's happening. Who's with me? Like. And Dorota shows up all incognito, like coat, sunglasses, <laughs> with her headdress still on. And she gives Blair a purse with phones in it. And Blair wants to use them to dig deep to find out Rachel's past. And she's basically like Mother Teresa, like they can't find anything. Yeah. And which is like a tough spot because that's where Blair like thrives. She gets one little thing and she like can run with it. So when they're like, she's basically Mother Teresa. I thought for sure they were going to get dirt right there in the bathroom. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, how I can never get over whenever I watch the scene that Dorota delivers all these cell phones in a Louis Vuitton purse. I mean, <laughs> it's very what? funny to me. Um, but yeah, you're expecting them to dig up dirt because that's what Blair is best at. And then, yeah, of course, when they can't find anything, she's like, it's time to make something up. Right? Yeah. Which is, you know, not an ideal situation. Not a good thing for her to do. And this is what we were talking about earlier, where it's like she has what she wants and she should just leave well enough alone. And she just can't because she can't let this person 
Blair can't let somebody else have the upper hand. No, she can't. And she will do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Including lie. Right. We learn a lot about that in this episode. Yes. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So they find that, that uh, like, there's nothing they can do. And um, when Blair notices Dan and Miss Carr in the hallway, she goes to text Gossip Girl, Lonely Boy and Miss Carr. Yeah, she says Mary Kay Letourneau alert. 
Yeah. I remember that. I feel like it was such a big thing. I think it happened. I can't remember how old I was when it happened, but it was such a big story. Yeah. Well, I know she pleaded guilty in 1997. Basically, she was an American teacher who pleaded guilty for two accounts of felony second degree rape. And it was her sixth grade student. Yeah. Doesn't she, they had a baby to get? Didn't they ultimately like get married you, and have a baby together? I'm I don't to really know now. where it went, but now I really need to know that. But I know that was like the thing because it was super. I mean, the teacher was having an affair with her sixth grade student, which yes, is like super insane and inappropriate, yeah, beyond I mean, crazy. Yeah. Okay. So here's Blair <laughs> saying "Lonely Boy" and "Miss Carr" and and throwing in Mary Kay. I mean, like to compare that situation to that is like really crazy when she saw them in the hall talking to each other. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, very Blair to just ramp up the drama to something. For sure. So, I don't know. She even says something. When the truth fails you, you have no choice but to abandon it. Make something up, idiots. Like, that's yeah. what she looks and says. And I'm like, wow. But that's, like, really going far, far, far. She also delivers one of my, like, all-time favorite Blair lines in that scene, which is um, something like, once again, the universe has proven anything you can do, I can do better. Oh, my God. Wait. <laughs> which is... Just oh like my classic God. Blair. Yeah. Anything you can do, I can do better. Isn't that how exactly. it Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, Dan sees the blast. And as Dan heads to the courtyard, everyone is high-fiving him. And he's he wasn't sure why. He also, I find it funny because he sees the blast on Jenny's hand, which Jenny's I like. Jenny's written it out on her hand. <laughs> yeah, it. which is very funny. Very it's... old school way of classing around rumors. Oh, my God. That's how he finds out because he's like looking all around like why is it they're like whispering things to him, high-fiving him. And then Jenny comes and sits with him and it says, is Lonely Boy giving a certain new teacher more than just an apple? And Dan says he and Miss Carr, would that would be absurd. But Jenny says he needs to convince Serena. And Dan asks who would do something like this to Miss Carr. And Serena realizes that it's Blair. Blair's the one behind it. And Dan finds Blair in the ladies room to say he knows that she sent the rumor to Gossip Girl. I also feel like I see that scene happen quite a bit, like Blair and Dan, where he knows it's her. He confronts her. She doesn't really lie to Dan. She kind of is just like, well, you know what I mean? Like, don't you feel like that's happened quite a bit? Yes. I love the Dan and Blair dynamic. I know that oh, that's me a, too. a topic of much debate, I think. Mm-mm. Um but I, I really love the Dan and Blair dynamic because they're just antagonizing each other all the time. Totally. But they understand each other in a way. I couldn't agree more. They understand each other. They are going at each other. But they're also both coming at it from totally different ways. Like Dan's trying to tell the truth and rationalize. And she's kind of like, well, it is what it is. And this is what I need. And I don't care. And like, how are you going to tell me? So it's like they're both arguing or doing this kind of uphill fight. Yeah. From two different ends, but like in her mind, she's 100% right. And in his mind, he's doing the right thing. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yeah. And it also always puts Serena kind of in the middle. Well, I guess it depends Every on time. whether Serena and Blair are fighting. But it always puts Serena kind of in the middle of like defending her best friend or being on her boyfriend's side. And like this is extra complicated because she and Dan are in kind of a weird spot totally. during all of this where they're like not really talking as much or hanging out as much. But also like I think that. 99% of the time she takes Blair's side, even if she's oh, good with Dan, which yeah. is kind of why I'm always like, wow, Serena really is a good friend. And then I have to also go back. I'm like, it's crazy because I think she's such a good friend to her. And then I'm also like, but she like went and slept with her boyfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> in yeah. the beginning of the show. 
But yeah. but yeah, I do think that she is put in a in a situation many times, but I feel like she kind of always kind of has Blair's back. Yeah. He's yeah. prepared for Serena to take Blair's side. So he knows about it. He saw the blast on Jenny's hand because they don't have phones. They can't, there's a yeah. no phone policy. <laughs> and then Serena finds Rachel outside at the coffee truck. As Rachel is noticing that everyone's looking at her, she mentions like, "Do I feel like I have spinach in my teeth because people are staring. She's like, but I went to the bathroom and checked and it's not. And Serena kind of explains to her like what's going on, which is when she has to explain what it is. Like when you have to explain what Gossip Girl is to someone new on the show, it's always funny to me because I'm like, this girl has zero clue. No idea what's going on. And of course, it sounds like such a ridiculous thing to explain. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But to truly not know why everyone's staring at you, what's going on, and it's because of Gossip Girl and Serena's breaking it down for you, but you did a no phone policy before that. Why did she do the no phone policy? Because kids. Yeah, exactly. Because if she didn't know what was happening with Gossip Girl, maybe she thought they were just all texting each other. Too much? Like we were saying. Yeah. Okay. Like maybe it was a texting. Okay. It's also so interesting because it's, Serena's explaining Gossip Girl to Rachel. Yeah. And she says um, something like, we, at least we think she's a girl or we think it's a girl. Right. Because they don't know who Gossip Girl is. And like, this is one of those situations where it's really funny to watch the show back for me, knowing that at the end, Dan is Gossip Girl, because Mm -hmm. there are times like this where you're like, this truly is psychopathic behavior (laughs) that Dan would publish this own blast about him sleeping with his teacher. Right. It's very funny to me to think about. (laughs) It's like, and also, how did he do it? Because he didn't have a phone. Right. Like, it's just, it's funny to think about. Right. This is true. But also, like, when people can give a tip to Gossip Girl, he's he's going through it and deciding what goes on or what doesn't. Right? So even if... Yeah. It, yeah. So Dan, what are you doing, dude? I know. This is what I mean. It's very <laughs> funny to watch because I, I don't often remember. Like, it's, you know, I get caught up in storytelling as it is. But sometimes you're watching it and you're like, oh, right. Dan is Gossip Girl. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I just am like curious as to why she wanted the no phone policy unless this is all maybe this, you know, in two episodes we find out that she did know and whatever and this was a whole plan, but she it doesn't feel like that right now. All right, Miss Carr, you just needed the kids to pay attention. We can get behind that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Chuck meets with the realtor selling the building. He remembers that the club was in. And he bribes her with the Bass Industry connections. And she kind of says something along the lines of, well, I could leave a file out, you know, like, go get a drink. Mm -hmm. This realtor and Chuck goes through it. He calls the family number and asks to speak with the nanny. He leaves a message, which leads the nanny. Her name is Elle, which I love that name, to meet up with him. She tells Chuck she was at the party to meet Bart. And she drugged Chuck when she realized that she had the wrong Mr. Bass and left him at the hotel room to keep him safe. She was afraid what will happen if the group finds out that she let an outsider in and tells him not to contact her again. It's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. I'm like, you drugged someone. A teenager. You drugged a (laughs) teenager and left him at a hotel room. And I I mean. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. I mean, she says like, oh, I took over another girl's client list and I I didn't realize Bart was dead, which is, you know, 
fair. I mean, you know, she doesn't live in the city full time. Maybe she missed the headlines. But yeah, she accidentally invited a teenager to their gentleman sex club. Right. <laughs> who's Thinking an outsider. Well, can we also talk about like, <laughs> it's not even a funny laughing matter, but like Chuck, he got drugged and he's just like moving past it. I'm like, how do you, what if there's something you don't know that happened? You know what I mean? Or there is, there's things you don't remember. And you're just like looking at this girl thinking it's okay. Like that's not okay. Yeah. He's just so obsessed with her. He's just so obsessed with finding her because he thinks that they had the best night ever together but i right. don't know how so he's, he's only he remembering remember it. right yeah. he's remembering what he wants to remember i guess maybe yeah i, I exactly. mean that's just yeah and then we got blair over here in the headmistress's office and she's getting expelled they're basically calling blair out and then they also say that they have a witness, basically. When they said that and they turned back to the room to see who's going to walk in, I, for some reason, my I thought it was Serena. Oh, interesting. I, I was thinking Serena was walking in. and it I was, thought it was going to be Penelope. Oh, yeah. Nope. It was Nellie Yuki. But I, I don't know why. I'm like, just because Nellie's so timid and scared and wants to fit in, I was like, why would she do that right now? Because she knows she's going to go down. I think because she didn't want to lose Yale. Because she was on the wait list, I think. Okay. Um, um, yep. Yep. I don't remember now. But yeah, she's. they said that um, Dan knew to put pressure on the weak link, which turns out to be Nellie. And I'm trying to remember. I think it's earlier in the season when Jenny tries to start an uprising against Blair, right? And she, like, recruits Nellie at one point. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Nellie is kind of the – her loyalty is – easily changed, I think. And it's not like Blair is super nice to her anyway. No. <laughs> but I just didn't expect that when she walked walked in. Oh no, of course. Yeah. Well, and then back at home, Blair's talking with her with her dad and he warns Blair that Miss Carr has a legitimate case for slander if Blair really did do this. And Blair said that she did, but it was because it was the truth. And her dad is you know, he's looking at his daughter and he wants to support her. And and you want to believe your kids. You know what I mean? She, he was giving her the opportunity to be honest with him. You give your children, I, I want to say, I mean, Bowie is just starting to talk, so she hasn't been able to <laughs> lie to me yet. Yeah. But you want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're being honest with you and there's a respect there. So, you know, he's, he's going to support her. So he's going to get his lawyers involved to defend Blair, which in this case, I, I would have probably, I'd probably do the same thing because he's literally looking at her, giving her a time to be honest and she decides really not to yeah and also i mean harold lives in france most of the time so he doesn't really i think have an understanding of like how blair is Mm -hmm. you know in the same way that like eleanor does like he's not privy to her her scheming no he's not and and i do think even you know that's that's his little girl like you still want to you still probably like want to believe that she's telling the truth mm-hmm. even if you can but i do agree i don't i do not think i think he really truly believes her in this moment yeah i just feel like right in that moment i'm like oh blair that you have the opportunity to just be honest and you're and he will still love and support you yeah but she can't no. she just can't let it go yeah and then Serena goes to meet Miss Carr at the park and asks her to reconsider the expulsion. And Rachel just won't do it. It's like not an option. Um, and do you know what? I, like in Rachel's 
defense, Miss Carr's defense. Like, I don't know what to call her now. I'm like, is it Rachel or Miss Carr? <laughs> I mean, she's like, Blair posted a rumor that threatened, you know, Miss Carr's future. So I can understand where she's having a hard time to like take that back. But I do, again, here respect Serena stepping up to the plate for her best friend and being the homie that she's being. But Miss Carr is saying like the sole purpose of Gossip Girl is to allow people to post terrible things about each other. Yeah. And everyone in the episode keeps being like, well, Blair's future's on the line here. Like, you know, Lily says it, Serena says it. And I'm like, yeah, but she created this for herself. She literally decided to make up a rumor, you know, insinuating that these two are sleeping together when they weren't, um, which is very damaging to to the teacher and, and damaging to Dan. So, yeah. And then people are like, but Blair's future. I'm like, well, she fucked up. <laughs> I think it's such a, for me watching this episode, and it's been a little bit since I've seen it, but it's interesting to me because it sort of predates this conversation that I think that we've been having in recent years about like quote unquote cancel culture and how that affects teenagers, right? Where it's like, should a teenager be permanently, again, quote unquote canceled? Like, should they have to lose their college entry or whatever because they did something stupid when they were a teenager? Um, And, like, these are all conversations that we're having now that we definitely were not having when this episode aired. Absolutely not. So, like, to me, that's really interesting about this whole, like, but what about Blair's future? It's like, yeah, she almost destroyed this woman's teaching career by starting this rumor that she was sleeping with a student. Well, and Dan's involved here too. You know what I mean? And then that yeah. it triggers on, it's like a domino effect. But I do see what you're saying. Like if we were doing this podcast while this was airing, people weren't having these conversations. They, it would be like, <laughs> right? Yeah. It would be so much, I think, I don't want to say more simple, but it's just, it's just a different conversation that we're having today. Yeah. I just watching it, I'm just like, I don't understand why everyone keeps saying that about Blair. Well, because they're all rich and entitled and Miss Carr isn't. <laughs> right. But I mean, she really, really was put on blast in a rumor that threatened her future. Like, she wasn't wrong when she's explaining that to Serena. I was like irritated. Yeah. I'm like, Blair pissed me off. I'm like, that's not right. It's not cool. Because also I was looking at it like if Miss Carr was my daughter, I'd be like, who is this girl that just blatantly made up something that's like taking you down you know what I mean yep and then I'm looking at it like for a school like Yale do you want to accept a girl that's just willing to like throw anyone under the bus about something that's not even accurate or correct right I don't know um and you know I'm like a Blair fan I just was like very upset with her in this situation because it's like Blair does things that are very hard to defend yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then she'll like in one in the next scene, I'm sure we'll be like, but we love her and she's Mm -hmm. amazing and can do no wrong. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Um, Oh, did we even get to where? Okay, they're sitting and talking and then Serena sees her date book. Right. And so Mm -hmm. she snoops into that. So she finds information in this date book and later goes to see where Miss Carr, who Miss Carr is with. And yeah, dun, dun, dun. Who do you think she's with, guys? I mean, of course. She's of course with Dan, and it looks like they may kiss. It looks like they may, but she did not see them kiss. So for her to take the photo and assume and do all of that, I think is really wrong too. Yeah, it's just sometimes Serena is so insecure and especially insecure about her relationship with Dan. And instead of just talking to Dan, First of all, about what's been going on anyway, but also seeing him with Miss Carr and assuming that they're about to hook up or whatever. 
um, she takes it straight to Blair. <laughs> Which <laughs> you have does. to know that Blair is going <laughs> to. She's going to take it and run with it. Blair exactly. says something too, like, this is the smoking gun that I've been waiting for when exactly. she shows the picture. And I'm like, oh my God, you too. Because of course she's going to go do something with that. That's what she needs to back up her thing. And we know she's not afraid to lie about it. So she's doing exactly. that. But honestly, Serena was in the wrong too. Because here's someone said something to me years ago, like, you can't assume things because when you assume things, you have it in your mind a certain way that they may not be. So when you find out what actually went down or what's going on and it wasn't what you assume, you're going to be let down. Yeah. And exactly. I always remember that I thought that advice was really good. So yeah, yeah. Serena assuming that that's what happened is really making she's just adding fuel to the fire right now because she assumed something, which is yeah. not fair, which, again, isn't fair to anyone involved, including Serena. <laughs> I don't Especially know. because, like, she's also at this point, she's, I mean, friends with Miss Carr, like, friendly with Miss Carr. I mean, she calls her Rachel. Let's be honest. They all call her Rachel. <laughs> I'm very confused <laughs> by this still. Um, yeah, she, like, calls her Rachel and they talk about assignments together and all this stuff. I mean, they also have been meeting outside of school. So it's like, I don't know. She could have just asked. She could have walked in. She could have done anything, but it would have made for less interesting TV. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, gosh, this episode, man. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math and Magic Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. 
comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And then at the parents committee meeting, Harold shows up and meets Lillian Rufus and he's there to represent his daughter since Blair's being scapegoated and Rufus says that Dan is being slandered. And, you know, at this parent meeting, Lily takes Blair's side and Blair shows up, even though the meeting is closed off to students. But like, if anyone's going to walk in there, of course, it's Blair. And she tells Queller to check her email that there's a photo from that Serena took and here we are. Okay. So Lily takes Blair's side in this, like what we were just talking about, like this is Blair's future. And again, I go back to, well, it is, but she got herself into this mess and very, I'm not going to say easily, but, but I am Blair easily could have just said, you know what? It, it was dishonest or I was mistaken and it's not right. And, and that could maybe help clear this up a little bit, but she just keeps taking it one step further. Then she gets a picture that, Again, Serena assumes something and pushes it further. But meanwhile, they're all going off of something that they don't know for a fact. Dan straight up told Serena it wasn't happening. Blair literally has no leg to stand on, even with this picture. Exactly. And I mean, the thing that I think is really interesting, too, here is that Blair isn't Gossip Girl, right? Like, Blair sent in the tip, but she didn't publish it. And I don't think they, like, quite understand how Gossip Girl works. They're like, well, you publish this thing. Right. But... Like a lawyer would a lawyer would have cleared this up immediately and been like, well, Blair didn't publish it. Whoever published Gossip Girl published it so she can't be punished. You know? Correct. <laughs> and instead, we're going through this the hard way. But, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the way it goes. This is true, though. And and with that, Miss Carr gets fired <laughs> because we don't have a lawyer here to explain and break this exactly. down. <laughs> um, and Serena is texting Dan to meet her at Constance ASAP. And Dan tells her he didn't kiss Miss Carr or Rachel. <laughs> I didn't kiss Rachel, Rachel, but it's too late. The parents committee meeting has ended with Miss Carr being fired. Blair is allowed back at Constance. Dan confronts Blair about it. And Blair admits it, which... I was like, oh, my God, I forgot this moment. I remember this in the script, which her dad overhears. And for me, I was kind of pumped about that because she had the opportunity to tell him. And here he is fighting for her. And she's, you know, so I was kind of pumped he overheard that. That was a big moment for me. 
she loves her. Her dad is clearly her favorite parent, right? I think she and Eleanor have kind of a complicated relationship, but she really idealizes for sure Harold, who doesn't she live does. at home. And so to have Harold be so disappointed in her and and see her for who she is, right? Like this mm-hmm. is kind of Blair at her worst. Like this is who she is. Um, it's kind of. I think it's an important moment. I think it's important for Blair, for sure, and, like, important for Harold. It's really heartbreaking because she really does love her dad so much. and is She does. Is, doesn't want to disappoint him but can't help herself. Can't yeah. stop scheming. No. Yeah. Well, I was – yeah, I was happy you overheard it. And, and in this moment, Dan asked Serena why she was so ready to believe the worst. And Serena said she thinks a part of her wanted to believe the worst and – they decided it's really over. So they're they're there again. Again, yeah. It's one of those moments that's happened several times where he's just like, Serena, but why? And and she's honest. She's like, I just, she never really lies to Dan. I mean, when they finally get to the point where it's, where this, where there's so many things on fire going on, she'll be honest with what she really thought. And he's just always like, I don't know. I just felt like I was disappointed in these girls this episode. I know things happen all the time, but I'm just like. The, <laughs> for Sometimes some, it's hard not to be disappointed in them. It's like yeah. you guys are acting ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Do you feel what I'm saying, though? Like there's so many things that have happened. But like I told you in the beginning of this episode, for some reason, this was hitting me in different ways. And I don't know if it's because here's a moment in these kids live where they're trying to get in these really, really hard schools to get into. They've all worked really hard. Their parents are trying to support them and be there for them. And then they're just like playing with fire and it's pissing me off. I'm like, don't be (laughs) overprivileged and rude and like trying to, you're so selfish and self-absorbed that you don't care that you're recklessly like making up rumors and assumptions and doing things to people. Like I was pissed. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, kind of ruining people's lives. That's what I'm saying. don't have the resources (laughs) to fix it. Exactly. And this was at a time too where, I feel like nowadays if something goes on, you can kind of go on a platform or you can speak for yourself or say something if it felt out of line or out of, you know, something in in that world. Where at this point, it was kind of just rumors and people couldn't back themselves up. You know what I mean? Like if this happened now and this was absolutely not true and Dan and Rachel didn't hook up, they could maybe speak for themselves and come up and be like, hey, for everyone that just got that blast, that's incorrect. Like we have not, you know. Yeah. But, but they can't defend themselves. No. And I'm yeah. not saying on a platform you can completely defend yourself nowadays. It's still, there's so many things that go into it. But I feel like there's just, people have more of a voice today. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? There's so many other outlets. Yeah. That you have that you can kind of be more on top of that. For sure. <laughs> well, that's all going on. Miss Carr's fired. <laughs> yeah. So they fired Mrs. Carr. Um, and we have to check back in with. Chuck and L. So yep. Chuck is still on this mission to find her. So he finds in his dad's safe a box of invitations from the secret club, like past invitations, which I'm fascinated that Bart even kept those at all. But that's another point. But what do you mean kept him? He doesn't. He, he kept all these invites. They're secret invites. Why wouldn't you? Oh, I would burn them. Burn them. I thought you meant like kept them like, I'm like, he's he's died. So he doesn't, maybe he was would have burned them. But he like, maybe, but he was too late. This is why you burn things as soon as you read them. Okay. 
I or see. Use them, I feel you. you know? Okay. I'm like, what do you mean? Okay. I'm thinking if I'm thinking like a dastardly rich man. Right. I'm okay. burning those as soon as I can. Right. <laughs> but may, but I, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? I also don't have like a locked safe in my, my office. Right. Um, so, but no, I, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. 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 Get rid of them. So he's looking at these invites and he gets a call uh, from the father of the kids that Elle is the nanny for saying that Elle had called them from Grand Central but never got off the train in Greenwich and they're worried about her. So now we're getting the vibe that like this secret club is real bad. Well, bad. And like, I was like, you don't want, I didn't want this to come back and like haunt Bart. Like he's gone. We like liked what he said in the, you know, what he was trying to do that he trusted, you know, Chuck to take over Bass Industries, even though they had such a strange relationship that like meant a lot when, when, when Chuck heard that, like there was things that like came up after he passed that kind of like put him in a different light. So yeah. when this came up, I'm like, no, don't come back to like haunt Bart Bass. <laughs> yeah, poor Bart. Well, I not know. poor Bart. He's a terrible person. <laughs> but oh, just oh when gosh. you think that he's going to get like a redemption. That's what I mean. And then it's like, here you go. Oh. What would you do if you found that? Like what? <laughs> you went in your parents safe and found invitations to a secret. I it's basically a secret know. sex club. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's clear it's like a secret sex club. I don't know. Imagine finding that out about your parents. I mean, I know Chuck and, and Bart had like a very different relationship than like I have with my parents at right. the very least. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I would make of that. I, I just wouldn't go snoop. If I had a dad like Bart Bass, I would just leave his things alone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I, but imagine in Chuck's situation, like he doesn't remember That's everything. True. He was drugged. So I think he's trying to like put pieces of the puzzle together. That's true. He's trying to, he's trying to solve this mystery. Oh my God. It's just, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. And then we get to headmistress Queller is at the penthouse talking to Lily and Rufus. And Rufus says, Rachel never should have met a student she didn't even teach after school off hours. And that is correct, Rufus. Oh my I gosh, we didn't even you. talk about that. She doesn't even teach Dan. So why is she hanging out with Dan at all? You know, I don't, I didn't really know that until Rufus said that as well. Like they didn't shine light on it or didn't, you know, they didn't show us in him in class with her or without, they just didn't really touch on it. So I kind of assumed she was his teacher, but that's yeah. super odd that she wasn't even more so. By the way, Lily is also like, she's the head of the parent council. Yeah. And she's like, I thought you would want to know. So I'm like, okay, Lily's the head of this. Rufus's son is in the middle of this like scandal going on. Her daughter's best friend is the one who kind of created it all. Her daughter added fuel to the fire. She's in the middle of all She of gets it. to have like decision-making power basically. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, how more in the middle could you be with all the people involved in this, Lily? You know? Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. And Queller says that the board doesn't have enough proof to fire Rachel, so she'll be here for the rest of the semester. It's so... Yeah. It's such a typical, like, rich person quagmire, I feel like, where it's like they don't want to get sued and they don't want the attention of getting sued. Right. It's not even that they don't want Rachel to sue. They just don't want the press of being sued by a teacher for wrongful termination. Right. Or this just getting out. I don't even know if it got as far as, as, like, you know, the lawsuit. I don't know. I mean, it's a, this is wild. <laughs> I had this whole episode. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Because then I, I like also look back at it. They don't have enough proof. But then it's like the proof you had, you were willing to do this. You were willing to, you did fire her. You literally did fire her not that long ago. <laughs> yep. And then you unfired her. Yeah. So what do you mean? What proof? <laughs> the assumption that Serena had? Exactly. Yeah. And now, of course, Dan comes through and wants to take responsibility for the situation. But like we said before, is he is he to blame, Tyler? No, I mean, no. Right? Like, yes and no, but like ultimately no. You know, he's not the adult. He's te- he's 18. I mean, they say that he's 18. But Mrs. Yeah. Carr slash Rachel is the person with authority yeah. and power in that situation who should really know better. She really should. Right? Yeah. And before we even like Serena goes to see her and she talks about the essay and, and Miss Carr says something like the unexpected irony of what Serena's essay ended up being about like new observations about the world around her. Oh yeah. And I thought that was, that was brilliant. Like, here you go. Like, here's your essay, but you just did a whole thing about basically what you just did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I kind of, there was like a moment before Miss Carr says that to her, she's, she tells her that she's the only teacher that ever expressed any interest in her and that she had ruined it. Which, yeah, you did, Serena. <laughs> I was like yep. happy when, when she said that. And she's like, yep. And the iron and the unexpected irony. I'm like, yes, thank you. This is what I've been going through this whole episode. And then also when Blair and her dad are talking and she said, well, I was right. And he said, no, you were lucky. Yeah. And they have this conversation and he says something along the lines of about what school she wants to go to. It's not about that. It's what kind of person you grow up to be. And I was like, boom, yeah. boom, boom. That's also what I was talking about this whole episode. It's not okay to just like, because you were, you know, right. No, you were lucky, Blair. And it was rude and it was dishonest and it wasn't right. And it's not cool. And you need to learn from it. And Serena, you too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, like you said, stop making assumptions about the world. And also, you know, in Blair's case, like stop trying to force things to go your way constantly. That's not how the world works. No, it doesn't. And soon, once you're out of this, like, little Upper East Side world, like, the real world will bite you in the butt, girls. You can't be acting like this. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, Okay, so then... Dan and Rachel, he wants to make this right. So he shows up at Rachel's house to apologize. He says that the hug was widely inappropriate and he doesn't know what came over him at that time. And Rachel kisses him and brings him inside. Uh, <laughs> just And she says, I don't teach at Constance anymore. Idea. I know. Such a bad idea. Even if you don't teach at Constance anymore, you're still what, like 24, 25 years uh-huh. old? You're still like eight years older than the student. Right. It's, oh my God. Yep. And well, and then Serena is calling Dan and leaving a message at this time, apologizing, saying she wants to forget the whole Miss Carr thing that had ever happened. But Dan and Miss Carr (laughs) are having sex in this moment at this time. Oh my God. And the song with a heavy heart is going on. But let me, okay. So now Tyler, this is what's so messed up. This is what's effed up. Now- I'm like, well, were Blair and Serena really that off? <laughs> I know. Well, like that's like Blair says when Serena shows her the picture, she's like, wow, I must have picked up on a vibe. And like, she's not totally wrong, right? Like, 
there is a vibe happening this episode between Dan and Rachel. I mean, she still lied. She still made it up. She was not right. Right. But, but I'm saying this is why I'm like was fuming at times of this episode. Like, screw you guys. That's messed up. Blah, 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 blah. And then we get to 30 seconds left of the show and they're having sex. And I'm like, maybe Blair and Serena were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, whoops. Well. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, I'm also going to hand you off the Gossip Girl quote. So this is the the closing Gossip Girl quote. They say every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And once something is set in motion, it can't help but build momentum. One thing is certain on the Upper East Side. What goes around comes around. XOXO, Gossip, Gossip Girl. Girl. Yes. Aww. That was fun. <laughs> that was super fun. That feels very powerful. All in all, I just feel like this episode for some reason really hit me in a different way. But then again... At the very end, when they're getting it on, I'm like, maybe I had no reason to be so, <laughs> so upset. This so whole time. upset for 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Aw. Um, what is your, do you know in season two, like what's your favorite episode of season two? Oh, or is that, that is a, hard- a really good question. Well, I love the, I love the opener, the Hamptons episode. Yeah. It's so good. I can't believe Um, that we're still on the same season. I can't even. It goes on so long. Because of the writer's strike, it goes on so much longer because it makes up for, like, it's 25 episodes instead of 22 or whatever. Yeah, I do remember that because we were filming a lot longer than the eight or nine months. (laughs) Forever. Yeah. But when you just brought up the Hamptons, I cannot believe still from this episode to that it's the same season. It's insane. Yeah. I love I love the epi- the next episode after this too, where they do the play, The Age of Dissonance. Oh my God. Okay. That's a really fun one. I haven't seen it. I can't wait. Oh my God. It's it's really fun. They kind of really go off script. Um, really? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> You're gonna enjoy watching it. I can't wait. I just like this episode and season one are are my two favorites. So it's it's hard to pick like one favorite out of that. Yeah. I, I'm i like, I want to get through it and then I, I can maybe pick, yeah, going back. I, but even now going back, I can't like separate which is which. To me, it's like, yeah. all it's been a long movie. It's a long, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, especially if you're watching it kind of all at once as a rewatch, but yeah, it's fine. They bring like the next episode, they bring Carter Bazin back. Like it's just, it's, yeah. Aww, that's awesome. It's fun. <laughs> um, well, I appreciate you coming on. Did you want us to look out for anything right now? Um, no, I don't have any. You know, I have a lot of uh, freelance stories I, I've picked up that are in the works. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's um, exciting. But I'm just out and about. I'm just on the internet, you know. You go, girl. Just surfing that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Tyler, what more can I say? You always bring another little flavor to these rewatches. Thank you so much for joining me and being there for the ups and downs and weirdly inappropriate student-teacher relationships. And for you listeners, catch you next week for another Gossip Girl rewatch. Make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a comment on my Instagram about anything you want to see in the upcoming episodes. You're all amazing. Have a beautiful day, and I'll see you soon. XOXO is produced by Propagate Content and me, Jessica Zor. Our show is executive produced by Ling Lee. Our producers are Diego Tapia, Kristen Vermilia, 
Emily Carr, and Hannah Harris. Original music by Moxie and Loon, and the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.